Pay-per-view special, Hot Times Daddy. I am uh, Joe Dubs. <laughs> That's Hot Times. I'm Zach. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go to a speech. Uh, I had some onion. You know what? This is a little off topic in wrestling. I, I decided to get some onion rings at uh, work today. And, <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be a bold move since I have to do, I have to watch this pay-per-view, do a podcast. I mean, actually, in this order, do laundry while watching the, the pay-per-view and then doing this podcast. So I'm here. I got the shit out of my system, literally, and I am ready to go. <laughs> why Why was onion rings like a risk? It was greasy. Oh, I don't know if you have like some kind of weird reaction to onion rings or something. I have a weird reaction with vegetables in general. Okay. Yeah, so... When I say bold move, I mean bold move. But anyway, yesterday we talked about Royal Rumble 1992. Today we're talking about NWA pay-per-view hard times, which Zach paid $15 for and I paid 20 Got to do it early, man. I didn't have the money. And plus I was like, it's only $5. I hate $5 less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the first thing I want to get out of the way... I didn't really dig the intro song at all. You know, like, uh, you know, like Billy Corgan. I like Billy Corgan, but it's like acoustic fucking hard times. Just give me some rock, man. This is wrestling. I like it because it's different for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he did like this big tour, like not like a mus- musicianship tour. He wasn't like touring to make money. Um, he was doing this thing where he was like, just going across like middle America or Appalachia and stuff. Just like, cause like, that's where a lot of his family was from, like his grandparents and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was just like visiting like all these small towns and everything. And I, I don't know. I think he was trying to get inspiration to work on a new album. And he basically kind of ended up making like kind of a folky album. And that's what that song is from. And that's fine, but, like, it's not wrestling. Uh, no, but it is music that you don't, that he does not have to pay for because he made it himself. Very true. <laughs> you gotta think about it like that. <laughs> I guess if you look at it that, how, the tickets, I believe, for going to one of their shows, what is it, like $30 or something? I don't know. I haven't tried to look up ticket prices. Because I'm thinking, I, w- I wonder what their pay-per-view buy-ins are compared to the people that go to the the uh, event. Uh, one thing I want to get out of the way, too, is damn, that, that fucking kid was, uh, like, some sometimes I was annoyed by him, and then other times I was like, is he fucking rooting for Steiner? <laughs> but, uh... No, man. that I like that kid, okay? <laughs> you know why? Because he's having genuine reaction to like stuff, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, like the 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 thing I think that that really made an impression on him was like Rick when Ricky Starks just picked him up <laughs> and like walked him all the way down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's just a thing with Starks. He likes to like do something really unique mm-hmm. with somebody in the audience during his entrance. And I like Stu Ben, and he was like, "Better put that kid down, or you will get sued." <laughs> <laughs> but like. Like during uh, the last match, uh, 
he kept he was chanting hard for for Starks. He really wanted him to win. And then I it like yeah, some people are like, oh, it's annoying. This kid won't shut the fuck up. But like he's having fun. Mm-hmm. But the bit the thing that pissed me off was the dumbass smarks in the crowd counter chanting him, thinking they were fucking funny and shit. Mm-hmm. Like like they're just like being jackasses. I, I don't know. Like kind of that kind of behavior from wrestling fans like fucking aggravates me. I what I don't like about the studio is that it gives more power to the fans that want to be there for themselves. But yeah, and you know you have those couple of assholes that do their chants and stuff that are just so that they could be memed or or you know stand out. Yeah, they're just trying to get themselves over, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's annoying. Yeah, it's stupid. But anyway, let's get into the card. Yeah. Oh my god! Shit, I got the Into the Fire fucking pay per view up. What, what the fuck? Um, you were probably looking at it to see what you scored it last time. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question mark versus Murdoch. Yeah, They're like half these matches are are continuing the brackets for the TV title tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all still under the 605 limit, so they're all, like, pretty good, fast matches. Yeah, and it, it was, they were five, the first round was, I believe, five minutes, and I think the second round, was, or the semifinal, was five minutes as well. Um, yeah. Question mark is always funny. I think his gimmick is starting to grow on me a little bit. I was like, the karate thing, I, I thought it was going to get old, but he keeps on making it better and yeah and what's really growing on me is stevens and the question mark which we'll get to that match later something happens where you think oh there might be conflict now but, uh-huh but we'll see that um the only thing i have bad to say about is did you find it uh, a little weird with the bulldogs that he was doing Murdoch at near the end. It felt like he was losing his balance all the time, and it just looked sloppy. Well, he is kind of like a big guy, and he has kind of an awkward build. He doesn't look especially agile mm-hmm. by any means. Like he moves, per- he moves fast for a guy that size. Don't get me wrong, but like he does not look comfortable getting on the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like that's kind of been his established finishing move so far uh on nwa um i can't for the life of me remember what he used to do that would finish people like when he was in wwe i don't know what what he did um but i thought it was just kind of weird that like they let question mark get up from one of them like like he get, it's like he kind of sold it like it was a regular move mm-hmm. He's like, oh, they're like oh my god he got up <laughs> Well, the exact words from the commentator Joe was, uh, nobody ever gets up from a bulldog from Murdoch. Yeah. And then he got up and then he did it a second time. I, again, sloppy as hell because of his build and everything. Because I guess the whole time limit probably was getting on him. I think if he had no no time limit or had to worry about a five-minute time limit, it would have been sleeker and better. I. I don't know. It looks the same to me as when he always does it. I don't it's know. just when he, did, it, when he did it later on, it was much better, which I did put in my notes. 
it could have just been because maybe how question mark sells it too. you mm. know could have been like it did, it looks better when you did it to starks and fucking whoever else you did it with later <laughs> yeah i don't have too much notes on these um these tournament matches because they were literally quick they were you know your basic wrestling match with a couple of uh top rope moves and then it ended yeah the a lot of these matches are like anywhere from three to four and a half minutes at first mm-hmm. and uh, it's interesting though because you can see like depending on who it is like they get a lot out of that very short amount of time and it's like it, it kind of I, I'll hold this up as part of my argument that it's like, see, you don't need every fucking match to be like 15 to 30 minutes, like all the time. It's mm. just dumb. Like, yeah. And, uh, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I have my rating unless you have more things to say about this match. No, I don't like, I don't have like a lot of, there's not a lot of time to like really nitpick and, you know, go through the minutia and, and think very deeply about what's going on in these matches. And I, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's, that's what they are. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a squash match almost. It's like, what, what can you really say? It's just like, you watch this guy destroy somebody mm-hmm. and it's like, well, it either makes a positive impression or it makes a negative one. <laughs> it's, uh, I feel like that's kind of like how these are. To me, it shows all these guys are capable of telling a story within a very short period of time. Yes. So what did you give that match? I gave it a 6 out of 10. Same here. The reason I gave it a 6 is because later on in the card, the matches do get gradually better. And this match was just okay. I mean, I didn't want to say it was just a match and I just gave it a 5, but this match was decent for the time it was and like you said it tells the story throughout this whole pay-per-view yeah they don't like they do like a thing like oh trevor fucks his arm up he tried to clothesline him and he hit the the post and it was just you know that's it 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 was it was fine it was pretty good Mm -hmm. so anyway i forgot to write down what promos happened so you're gonna have to tell me if there was uh any promos in between the matches um, no, not between these first three matches. There really aren't any promos. Okay. So I, I just want to put it off right away. Zicky Dice, amazing gimmick. <laughs> Guy's awesome. His, his fucking music is awesome. His little fucking fanny pack is outlandish. <laughs> and I, 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 I gotta admit, I was kind of pissed off that he lost. <laughs> I was disappointed, but like I didn't really expect him to win because of this whole Ring of Honor deal. Mm-hmm. I, I figured like one of these guys is going to advance in this tournament, maybe not win it, probably not get to the final. I, I would have been really surprised if one of them did. Mm-hmm. But one of them's going to come out looking pretty good. It looks to me like Dan Math is the one that came out looking really good, besides Matt Cross, I guess. Yeah, Dan Math. I I wrote down he looks like a fatter Tez. But he's good. He's a and he wrestles a very different style from Daz. Yeah, <laughs> I never heard of Dan Math before. Have you? No, and I was like, he's from Ring of Honor, and I looked. And they, up, I looked and they up, said he was. He's been in Ring of Honor since two thousand two. Jeez. So he's been there like since the fucking beginning, apparently. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he was good for a big guy. Uh, he was slapping the shit out of Zicky. Dice. He has a he has a badass spear. I really like his spear. Mm-hmm. It's it looks fucking great. Yeah, and I have to admit, Zicky Dice sells pretty good. Yeah, his selling's great, and like, I he's got some power moves to him too. He showed that off a little bit in this match, which is kind of funny because Dan Maff is a big guy, mm-hmm. and uh, like he like both these guys did pretty worked pretty well together. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't want Ziggy Dice to win the whole thing. I mean, I wish he could because it would be funny for him to have the title. But we already have a a, a comedy wrestler holding a fucking uh, top tier title, pretty much. I I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd call Ziggy a comedy wrestler necessarily. Mm-hmm. It because uh, when he wrestles, he's actually like wrestling. He's not doing like goofball shit when he wrestles. Okay. You know. So I don't know. He just he's he's outlandish. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, again, this was another quick match. Uh, fun story. I was doing my laundry and I went to go Dunkin' Donuts. And on the way to Dunkin' Donuts, this match was over. And I I'm very sorry for driving and watching wrestling at the same time. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, I put it on my dashboard and I like was glancing when I was stopping. But still, don't don't do that, people. Yeah, don't don't phone and drive unless you're talking on the phone. Yes. <laughs> but uh, again, nothing really to say. Um, I enjoyed it. Still, I thought it was an okay match. Definitely more top tier matches throughout this pay per view that could topple this. But Zach, do you have anything before we say our uh, rating on this one? No, uh, just props to both guys. I'm I like seeing Zicky Dice more. It seems to me like he's kind of a permanent fixture on the show now, mm-hmm. which is cool. So I look forward to seeing more of him. Yep, I gave this a six out of ten as well. I gave it a six point seven five out of ten just because I thought those guys worked so well together for like that short period of time. Okay. I mean, I just I I rated that as the other uh, the other one because it's. Very quick, and yeah, I, I was just like, "It's okay, it's it's okay, it's a good match." All right, Ricky Starks versus Matt Cross. Mm. Matt Cross, very fucking impressive. And if ROH and um, NWA are doing cross promotion, I hope I hope we get to see more Matt Cross in the NWA. And then, yeah, I, I really liked him what he did. Yeah, his move set, I fucking love. And, Very unique. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Ricky Starks, he, there are times where I'm just like, all right, his gimmick is getting a little annoying. But then at this, another time, I'm just like, man, I hope good things happen with this this kid. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, I, I haven't really gotten tired of him yet. It's just like, it, it seems to me like every time I feel like, okay, like, this may be the extent of what he can do. He pulls something out and surprises me every time. Yeah, he pulls out power moves for a small dude. Yeah, and then like, I don't. Anytime they let him talk, it's usually pretty great. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. He's got something. Yeah, he has very impressive promo skills, and his. Uh, I wouldn't say Musa is like unique, but. It, when he wants to be high flying, he can. If he wants to be technical, he can. 
and if he wants to be fucking power like strong style he can he's very uh what's the word i'm looking for multifaceted yeah something like that (laughs) something like that (laughs) um Again, this this was a little bit longer than the other two matches. I'm guessing they wanted to show off Matt Cross a little bit. And, of course, you know, when you have Ricky Starks in the ring, you're going to want to have a pretty longer match than, let's say, a Zicky Dice versus a Dan Math. Yeah. Uh, what do you have to say about this match? Um, uh, not, not much, uh... Because I, I, I kind of already said everything I wanted to. That thing Matt Cross did, like, on the outside where he, like, hanged on the post mm-hmm. just using his abs. <laughs> and then he did, like, that elbow drop. I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Like, was, I'd never seen anything like that before. And when you, when you can do that wrestling, you, you've done something. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, ROH does have some good talent. It's just... Their promotion is just, it's like, it's almost like TNA where they, they take 20 steps forward and then they take a hundred steps back. Yeah. I think especially lately, like the ring of honor is kind of taking a back step a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a good thing that they're teaming up with NWA. So hopefully, yeah. Is that a beer? Oh no, that's a monster. Oh shit. (laughs) A little Death Stranding going on. Um, Andy, if you're listening to this, fucking finish Death Stranding. Yeah, you fuck. <laughs> um, I have nothing else to say. I'm ready to give my rating. What, what do you have? 7.0 out of 10. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I was, okay. I was highly impressed with Matt Cross, and I it, that brought the score a little higher. I had it at a 7, but I'm like, whoa, Matt Cross is looking fucking cool in this match. <laughs> That's what put it up to where it was for me. It made me want to see them have like a longer match. Mm-hmm. Is what is what it did. I was like, yeah, I think these these guys have chemistry together. Like they seem to work pretty well together. Mm-hmm. And again, everybody, I'm talking to you, AEW. I'm talking to you, WWE. You could have all your talent on TV. Have other people take days off, man. You got all that, all those people signed, yeah. and you just want to like keep using the same people every episode. Like, well, at least maybe except for NXT, they they tend to like shuffle people more. But mm-hmm. yeah, if it's on main, if it's main roster quotes, they've been pretty bad about doing that with like the past decade. Honestly, they got into a really bad habit of doing that. Hmm. Oh man, it, it's, it's it's highly impressive what how NWA books their shows. <clears throat> uh, Booking isn't hard. That's what Jim Cornette said. It's like it's just stupid people in wrestling make it hard for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it's the people that are like the Kevin Dunns where they try to make it like almost TV movie shit and all that stuff, and I'm like you don't need to do that. Just be a wrestling wrestling <laughs> show. That's that's just an example of how WWE has that too many cooks in the kitchen thing, mm-hmm. and there's there's way too many people fucking with somebody just trying to make a dish, mm-hmm. and it gets it just gets fucked finger fucked to death, and it's not really what the intent was at, by the end of it. It's like, well, I wanted this to be this, and because 
I had to talk to 10 other people. It's not this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to ask you a question because you watched the last episode of Power, and I don't know if I missed this, but why was Ken Anderson uh, forfeited? Oh, uh, that didn't happen on Power. Uh, they just announced it on the pay-per-view. Uh, uh, all Anderson did was, um, he like, he beat the fuck out of Colt Cabana and, and was just being an asshole and stuff. <laughs> and like, I guess he just fucking no showed the tournament said, fuck it. Like, I, I don't know why, but like, I guess to not kill his heat, I, I suppose more than anything. Because mm-hmm. if Tim Storm would have beat him, it would kill the heat that they're building with him, I think. Okay, makes sense. So that's my theory. I think it would be pretty funny if, like, he came in the ring and he, like, looks around, grabs a microphone. He's like, fuck you, fans, and fuck you, Tim Storm. I forfeit. <laughs> oh, that could have been a yeah, good little promo there. Mm-hmm. But, uh... They had a little promo. This is the one promo I remember was Tim Storm came out uh, with his Mama Storm shirt, which I do want to get. <laughs> and he he cut a promo about his mom, like you know, you know. I I usually don't do this, but uh, you know, instead of winning three matches, all I got to do is win two, and I'm doing it for Mama Storm. And that was pretty much his promo, in my opinion. Um, I like the whole Mama Storm chant and all that stuff, but is it starting to get annoying for you for him keep on bringing up Mama Storm? I- no, it's just a guy that loves his mom. That's that's the way I saw somebody else put it. Like, well, how do you hate that guy? Like, mm-hmm. and you don't because honestly, he's like to me, he's probably like one of the most genuinely likable baby faces like in modern wrestling, mm-hmm. and that's really hard to accomplish. Uh, I don't know, like, but I don't, I don't think it's getting old hat because like it, it helps feed into the fact that he comes off as like this really sincere guy, mm-hmm. like he's really earnest and stuff. And it kind of makes you like help buy in more to like what he's saying, whatever it is that he's saying. Yeah. So. He just said, you know, I'm going to take the, the win and move on. I thought what was going to happen is, like, somebody was going to come out or, you know, you know, Stu Bennett gets on the mic and says, you know. I've got some bad news. He just throws his jacket off and fucking <laughs> he challenges him immediately. Dude, that would have been fucking awesome. Oh, fuck. Oh, geez. I think that, that crowd would have went apeshit if that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this was announced. Uh, was the Crockett Cup after or before the uh, the triple threat? It was before it. Okay. So they announced that the next pay-per-view is going to have the, the Crockett Cup uh, tournament again. Or bring it back. And I fucking marked out because I, I, I actually watched clips of the Crockett Cup and it's pretty impressive how they do it. So... Well, cool. I'm looking forward to it because I haven't seen it. I, I didn't see the recent one. I know the history of the Crockett Cup and everything, and it's really cool that they're bringing back like another old thing, mm-hmm. like with the trophy and everything. Even though I guess they did that last year. Yeah. 
uh still it's it's really cool and i'm looking forward to it it's going to happen in april that's their next pay-per-view is april very good because i was i was starting to get scared a little bit i was like i don't think nwa needs um monthly pay-per-views yeah maybe maybe i don't i don't know why they did this the way that they did it it could have been any number of reasons it could be been like a logistics thing it could have been maybe they just felt like okay maybe that that first one didn't really hit the mark like they wanted and they felt like maybe they need to try to do another one real quick i think this was more of a test because after the whole um uh why am i drawing a blank on him he just got fired. You, you, the Cornette. Cornette. There we go. God damn it, dude. Like, whoa. <laughs> um, I think they wanted to measure to see if they still had a fan base that, you know, we're gonna make this happen, and I think, you know, they might have had a good turnout. So who knows? I think they've already kind of moved past it. Like I've been checking the numbers on like their episodes again mm-hmm. and they're, they're pretty much back to where they were before. That's good. I, I think the thing that hurt them more than anything was that one episode uh, that was just a, a package show mm-hmm. that really fucked with their momentum. That was, nobody seemed to like that. Like, yeah, cause you, I mean, I know why they did it so that, yeah. you know, they could, sell their pay-per-view and probably it was like break the emergency glass and they didn't want to have Cornette on another episode. I, they, yeah. I, I don't know if they canned like a whole episode or not. Like I, 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 I'm not sure. I don't think so. That's not what Jim was saying about it. But uh, like, <clears throat> I, I guess they just thought, Oh, we'll do this package show and it'll be okay. Like, and no, it, the, the fucking like dislike bar is like, leaning into dislike mm-hmm. <laughs> like so we got we got adam in the chat room saying oh yeah brother that's right brother power uh hard times power and hard times hard times daddy if you can manage to live through hard times you will gain power oh shit think about it speaking of power this, <laughs> this triple threat tag team championship match was fucking amazing yeah you mentioned that like you didn't like how wwe usually does a match like this yeah because they do this bullshit where only two people could be in the ring and then like the the third team just stands there and then of course they're gonna blind tag him they're gonna tag the guy on the back and then it's like get out and then that guy's just like really and then like they do that all the fucking time too Mm -hmm. and i don't but like you said that, and I was thinking about it, and I just remembered that at the Survivor Series, uh, they didn't do that that time. All the matches were like this, except they were elimination style, and there was five man teams. Yeah, but I watch another episode of Raw or SmackDown or whatever other pay per view that is not Survivor Series, and I guarantee you that they will go back to that uh, dumb shit. I hope not. I, 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 this is better because uh, the, the fucking that shit is just so stilted and just fucking played out. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> I guess we'll talk about the entrances real quick with all the three teams. So yeah. the wild cards came down with uh, uh, their girlfriends, I guess, because I think the other uh, tall uh, 
part of my uh, not knowing names. I just know them by short guy and tall guy. <laughs> Royce Isaacs. Yeah. And uh, Thomas Latimer or Tom Latimer. Yeah, uh, Tom Latimer uh, is with the uh, the fucking hot blonde chick. The Camille. Yeah, Camille. And uh, Isaacs is with that ugly fucking blonde. <laughs> and when I mean ugly, her face is fucking ugly. Wait a minute. Hang on. They're both blonde. Yeah, the the, the not Camille. The Okay. I, I'm confused now because you didn't know their names, so like now I don't even know which ones you're talking about. <laughs> like... Camille that was usually with Nick Aldis is fucking hotter than that other blonde chick. Is what I'm Okay. Tra- what I'm okay. I I I don't know. Like that that chick, I guess her name's Mae Valentine. Mm. She's uh I'm not really big into like tattoos and she's like kind of covered in them. So like already that kind of digs off a few points for me. Yes. I'm objectifying women right now, but like fucking whatever, everybody does it. We're fucking men. That's what and then do. they do, they do it too. They just like to pretend that they don't. So I don't want to fucking hear that shit. <laughs> uh, it's part of human nature. Anyway. Um, uh, her face looks kind of fakeish in a few spots, like she's had some work done, but I don't think she looks bad. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Camille, she has, like, a man's body. Uh, I don't dis- I wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> like, she, she's very, very muscular. She's buff, but she definitely does not have a man's body. <laughs> But uh, I don't know that other chick. Her face was like, "Oh my, that's a lot of work on your face." Yeah, apparently she was in a diva search a while back, like over ten years ago, and I was like, "Really? Like, <laughs> I, just, I don't fucking remember her at all." Like, Me I could, I tried to Wikipedia her and everything, and fucking nothing comes up. Mm-hmm. It's like she just like got memory hold after that or something. Yeah, and what I liked about them coming down is. Uh, Isaac kept on stopping and talking to fans and shit, and I bet you they were talking about his girlfriend and shit. Uh, you know, not having any sex because that was part of the promo uh, that he did the other night. He's like, "Wait, are you saying me and my girlfriend us having not having sex is a problem with my performance in the ring?" <laughs> I was like, "Like, what are they doing to this guy? Like, it, it's like they're they're trying to like make him look stupid now, mm-hmm. but like." I think he's kind of pulling it off, is yeah. is what's funny. Yeah, and uh, it was great. I, I liked it. I, I I love the interaction that they have with the fans. Um, I also like that the wild cards music sounds like something from like a Mortal Kombat movie or something. Yes, <laughs> it just sounds like like music like when Johnny Cage fights Scorpion in Hell or something. <laughs> it totally doesn't fit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and you wonder why they, on a regular power, they just come out with no music. Hey, some of the music is great. Like, uh, I don't know, Trevor Murdoch's theme is like, yeah, that's Trevor Murdoch. And then it's like, I like Ricky Stark's music. I'm trying to figure out if that's something. Mm. Like, if that's from a thing or whatever. I thought it sounded like a 70s porno song for a while. because Is you saying Ricky Starks is a 70s Jigolo guy. Well, he's better than fucking Joey Joey Ryan. That stupid fuck. Guy. Fucking dick man. Yeah, fucking power bomb from the dick. Fucking stupid shit. Um, 
<laughs> Eli Drake and James Storm. Again, I didn't see Power, and I wasn't aware of this tag team, and I was like, okay, all right, I see this. Yeah, they kind of started teaming together, one of those makeshift teams, but it's like, I don't know why. They were, Eli Drake was pitching, trying to team up with somebody Mm. before, like several episodes ago anyway. Yeah. So I guess this is like the payoff of that. Yeah, and... um... You know, James Storm being James Storm, I bet he was probably intoxicated and somehow a little bit, maybe, because he was acting all hardy and party. Or maybe he's just acting. Maybe. He's good acting. Good acting drunk. Anyway, uh, Rock and Roll Express came down. And, uh. Rock and Roll. Pretty much they did their rock and roll gimmick, and the, uh, Ricky Morton looking good. Again, Ricky Morton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's get into the match. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it me, or did it feel like it was more of James Storm, Eli Drake, and the Rock and Roll Express than the Wild Cards? Because I felt like the Wild Cards took a back seat in this match. They sort of did at first, and mm-hmm. then later in, in the later half of the match, no, it was just them and. Uh, Storm and Drake fighting each other mm-hmm. because of what happened to Robert Gibson. Yeah, what? he got like fucked up. <laughs> was, was that for real? Because I saw Camille like talking to him, and I, I I was like, oh, did he really get injured? No, I think he was just selling, and then it was just like they said, like Camille was tormenting him, <laughs> <laughs> which was like really funny. Like they claimed she kicked him in the face with her heel, mm-hmm. and which would really fucking hurt. Yes. <laughs> like, Maybe it will knock his fucking lazy eye back into place. But uh... oh, come on now! Oh, come on! <laughs> but no, like, uh, like get Robert hit like the post, and uh, something I've kind of noticed about NWA is like when you get run into the post, or you even run into the stairs, like people sell the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just like, oh, and you're like pained for like. Uh, five to seven seconds, and then you get back in the ring. Mm-hmm. They sell that for a while. And I think having him outside the ring and having Ricky Morton be in the ring, or actually he wasn't in the ring, he, he was just on the side because he wasn't tagged in. Which, again, WWE, even though I know you did it in Survivor Series, I love how they do triple threat here. Keep it that way. It was just, yeah, this was a better... Uh, match configuration to watch because of that. Yeah, I did like the team up that Eli and Ricky Morton did against the uh, wild card uh, guy. Yeah, I think it was Isaac's. It, no, I think they were teaming up against Latimer at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Latimer because uh, the past few episodes, like he's put in a lot of impressive work. I think. Mm-hmm. That guy is, like, just a fucking bruiser, and everything he does looks like it fucking hurts. Like, he's just good at that kind of stuff. And I think he could be a solo competitor if he wanted to. He has a really good pop-up powerbomb, too. Oh, yeah. He's like, damn, that's good, dude. And he's, like, a fucking big guy, so, like, I don't know. He does it better than Kevin Owens does. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a taller dude, and, you know, having him jump up and do that powerbomb, fucking amazing. When Ricky Morton hit that Canadian destroyer on him, I was like, oh my fucking God, because he's so tall. 
I don't, it just made it look crazy. Like I don't know how Ricky Morton fucking does that. Well, uh, the Canadian Destroyer kind of requires the other guy to like do the backflip with you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like he gets more, probably more assistance on that move. True. So it works. Like I don't, I don't think about that kind of shit when I'm watching the match. It's only afterwards usually. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that's how I was like, God damn, that move just looks so crazy. But if you if you actually like know, you think about and break down the moves, you can kind of figure out how they work. Yeah. But um, um he did he did it to uh, somebody. I think he did it to Isaac's too. He hit one on him, or he was going to, and he got stuffed. He was like, oh. Yeah. Eli Drake, highly impressed with his his moves that he was doing. I don't. James Storm had a little uh, offense in there, but I, I, again, he was another guy that I just saw a little of in this match. There was more yeah. Eli Drake than James Storm. He got beat up more in this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got he got like cut off. That's like when the the wild card started taking over the match. So is like James Storm being the veteran for Eli Drake pretty much? Um, compared to him, I'd say he is a veteran because. Uh, I think that dude's at least 10 years older than he is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. It's like, it's the dynamic, you know, like the one guy gets his ass kicked in the tag match and then tags. It's, it was just his turn to do it. I think that time, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to, Oh shit. What else was I going to say here? Oh, there was something else Latimer did that I noticed that I wanted to give him bonus points for is when he was beating up storm, He's like trying to do like a power bomb or something. It looked like, mm-hmm. and then he just kept he storm kept blocking it, and then he just kept beating his back, <laughs> like he just kept punching him in the back over and over, and then it looked like he was gonna do it again, and then he stopped, and then he beat him on the back some more until he collapsed, and he got like a fuck ton of booze for that. So instead of going for like the big spot move, he went for more heat. <laughs> and I was like, "That's that, that guy knows what he's doing." Okay, <laughs> like, that's that's a heel, brother. That's a heel. He he knows how to heal properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have nothing else to say. I my main thing was I was really surprised that Eli Drake and James Storm won. I thought they were going to put the belts on the wild cards just so that they could have the stable of you know wild cards as champs and Nick Aldis as the champ. I almost thought that rock and roll would pull out like another surprise win just because they've been so prominently featured lately. Mm-hmm. I thought like, this will be like one, they'll squeak one more by and maybe lose it here on the next month or something. Yeah. But, um, uh, that was a good match with them. And, uh, I forgot how it ended, uh, the match. Cause I was so invested in the next match that we're going to talk about soon. Um, but how did did Eli Drake just fucking win on the roll up? Was it, am I correct on that? I think he's uh, away from the mic at the moment. But what's up, Adam? Let's do a little. Uh, your you said Paramore song? Oh, Hard Times. I get it. Um, hard Times more like soft dicks. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> That's what Adam said in the chat. Oh, okay. Um, how did it end? By the way, because I'm. Was highly invested in the next match that we're going to be talking about. I was it a roll up? No. Uh, hang on. Let me let me read what I wrote here. 
Uh, no, Drake and Storm double teamed. Uh, I think it was Isaacs mm-hmm. and just pinned him. Or no, no, no. Uh, oh, f- God damn. I got, I kind of got like a little confused because so much stuff was happening at once. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm being honest, I think Morton got pinned actually. Yeah, I think he did because I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Oh, okay." Because like then it was like they, they he they quickly picked Morton up and helped him up and was like shaking his hand and hugging him. It was like, "Good, great match, brother. Thank you." Mm-hmm. You know, they which, showed respect. Yeah, which I, for some strange reason, I thought they were gonna turn heel a little bit, but then I was like, "Nice, we don't need more heels." I think we have enough heels in this uh, federation at the moment. No, everything's balanced pretty well, I think. There's nobody that I, I look at and think, oh, they need to turn, like, right now. I don't really think that about anybody at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, they cut a promo after that was pretty good. So, what do you think they're going to be called? Uh, Drinking Buddies. <laughs> I don't know. They said, like, beer beer muscle or some shit. It was, like, beer, beer money. and. <laughs> And then I, I forgot what else they said. It was like something lame. And then it was like drinking buddies. And I was like, yeah, like they, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Eli Drake's like, it doesn't matter because we're champs. So maybe they're not going to be called anything. They're going to be called the champs. Watch. The champs. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, hey, champ. Yeah. Like I could see it. See, it would work. Mm-hmm. And Drake did his little uh, yeah thing that he's been doing. And uh, what is he's he? not. Oh, what, what are you going to say? Sorry. What was James Storm's catchphrase? Sorry about your damn luck. Oh. Which is a pretty, pretty good little catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, Drake's trying to get yeah over like what, and it's kind of working, at least for that audience it is. Yeah. <laughs> but he needs to take full advantage, and he needs to come up with some kind of like move or sequence he can do in the ring where people say yeah when he hits somebody. Mm-hmm. Like how... You know, Austin always did the stomp the mud hole. Like he, he would like get the guy in the corner and stomp the shit out of him. Or that's something that's something he always used to do. But when he started doing what he started, people started chanting what when he would stomp people. So he noticed that and he would sync his stomps up with what when the <laughs> crowd would chant what. So it turned into like, what, 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 what? And then he start what, 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 what? He stomped like really fast and they kept saying what. And uh, Daniel Bryan did the kicks when he with the yes chance. So, yep, yes kicks synchronized with the crowd chance. So, it, if if Drake wants to take the next level, he's come up with something to where people can say yeah in the <laughs> ring. <laughs> so, what did you rate that match? Seven point five out of ten. I gave it a little higher. I gave it an eight point five out of ten. Oh, okay. All right. So we did the promo, and now then they did a little video package about Melina and Allison K, and Allison K saying, "Let's go in the ring, let's do it, let's do it," and and then she's like, "Nah, bitch." She didn't say "nah, bitch," but uh, she said, "Nah, well, you're gonna be facing Thunder Rosa." She's like, "Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, um, head games." Yes, very much head games. So. I want to say three things that I liked about this match. Match right. was match was intense. Ring psychology was a plus. Yep, it built. Yeah, and tech technical submissions was amazing. 
Yeah, they did like a lot of submission exchange encounters. Mm-hmm. And it Pretty told good stuff. And it told a story in the ring. It, it obviously Thunder Rosa was fighting because you know Melina put her in that position to do that. It, yeah. I, I'm guessing Melina is being the semi like half wrestler, half manager kind of thing where she gets opportunities but gives it to her little stable that she got. Maybe part of me wonders if she won't just like stab her in the back and try to take her title now because oh Thunder Rosa won by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> um it it was a longer match than usual. I was like, oh it's a it, it's Thunder Rosa now it's okay. I, I was gonna be like, oh this is gonna be like about maybe top ten minutes. I think it went around like fifteen to twenty. Yeah, well I think like I know Allison Kay is capable of wrestling like longer matches. Mm-hmm. I saw May Young Classic, and she, I think, did like one of the longest matches on that one, and it was good. And then Thunder Rosa, like I could just tell she knows how to wrestle. Everything she does is like fucking great, pretty much. Her crossface is amazing. Like yeah, like even like simple actions, like just kicking somebody and like you know shoving them and shit. It just like it just looks legitimate. Mm-hmm. And like so, it's like I figured she could wrestle like a much longer match whenever they needed her to do it, and she did. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I hated about the match, and there was nothing really I hated about it at all. I had one thing that happened that would happen a couple times that kind of bugged me. What was it? And it was uh, sometimes I notice. When Allison K would try to brawl, it wasn't that good looking. Yes, actually, since you did bring that up to me, when Allison K did the punches and then Thunder Rosa like responded, her punches looked like legit punches. Yeah, and then like Allison's doing like this thing where she's like doing like these slaps, like she was, she like pushed Rosa in the corner. And it looks like she's trying to do like gut shots, but she's just slapping her on the sides. And I'm just like, and, and or then like you know they do like the thing where they brawl each other at the same time, and she's just kind of doing like these slaps. And I'm just like, ah, just just ball your fist up and just you know, if you potato her, sorry, maybe you get a receipt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, I don't know. I, I it kind of bugs me. It's something else I noticed later too. I've I've noticed this a lot more since I've listened to Jim Cornette. He calls a lot of people out for not knowing how to throw punches in wrestling nowadays, and he's kind of right about it. Mm-hmm. You notice a lot more people do forearms now because they don't know how to punch and make it look good. <laughs> I mean, Triple H does it good. I don't know why can't other people can't, you know, do a, do a punch. Well, Triple H came from an era when people could still teach you how to do a punch properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot, like a lot of the people that are like, uh, I guess current, like wrestlers now so so speak uh contemporary that's what i was trying to say uh they didn't grow up learning that kind of style they grew up learning the indie style yeah i get. i guess that's probably the only bad thing i've found about this match is you bringing up the whole lame ass punches that she did that, that that's it. It's just like a little nitpick about like something she does. It's not. I'm not saying she's bad by any means. No, everything else she did was great. Mm, I saw. It's like I that's kind of like uh oh, you know Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. 
Yeah. Like every time those two guys have a match, it's great. But you know, they try to do that brawl shit, and neither of them can punch good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just doesn't look very good. I'm just like, ah, guys, don't do that. Like, yeah. Um, uh, here's another thing with looks, I guess. Allison K's gear, I don't like. I don't know why. I, I think the whole, like, it looks like she's wearing granny panties. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Like, at least with the other wrestlers, I mean, they don't have that granny panty bullshit. She's the only one. I just thought of that now. Well, I, the high waist pants thing is kind of like a women's style. Like, Lacey Evans does that. Um, and, and she's doing it, too. Like, I don't know. What would you prefer? I would prefer maybe... Not granny panties. Tights? Just plain old, like, long pants? Either that or, you know... I, fuck, I don't know. Now we're, we're getting we're getting into Rick the Model Martell fucking territory. <laughs> we're, we're discussing everybody's fashion. We're Tyler <laughs> breezing it now. <laughs> I, I don't know. I always find her gear, like... At, <laughs> I almost said outlandish. Wow. Outlandish! <laughs> no, fuck no. No. Ziggy Dice has it cornered for outlandish. <laughs> I don't know. I but she's a great wrestler. I the whole with the belt having the face in the center of the belt, I find weird too. I don't I don't like that title design. I know that's probably like, oh like I don't know how how strongly people feel about that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it just looks kind of chintzy. Like I don't I don't think it looks good. It looks kind of cheap looking. Uh, it doesn't look like the, the NWA world's heavyweight title looks great. It looks like a classic old wrestling belt Mm -hmm. because it is. It's like they couldn't afford a nameplate. So they're like, let's just put your picture in the middle. Then we'll know it's you. Well, the, the, the NWA world's heavyweight title doesn't have a nameplate either. It's just, there is no nameplate on it. Yeah, but it doesn't have a fucking stupid little picture. <laughs> Could you imagine if it had Nick's all Nick Aldis's picture on like the globe thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, see, like, look how silly that would be. Like, mm-hmm. I think they should re- redesign the women's title. Like, I don't, I don't know. You could like, still, you could still make it old school. Just don't make it cheap and don't have that stupid little fucking picture thing. Yeah, that's but, that's my only complaint. <laughs> Do you have any other notes about this match? No, uh, and you're going to be surprised on what I rated it. Um, this was probably... Actually, no, there's one that's a little bit more better uh, a little later down the road. I gave this a 9 at nine out of 10. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, I had a few other little things I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed they did the spot where... Uh, Allison went outside and it's like uh, Rosa just did like the basement drop kick. You know how people do the, the basement drop kick spot? Yeah. But the, it wasn't like super obvious. Like they were setting it up though. And I wanted to give them props for doing it that way because everybody sets up that dive or basement drop kick shit mm-hmm. to where it's like super obvious. I'm getting ready to take it. I'm re- I'm in position. It looked like she legit got ambushed. And she hit that like 
that bleacher step, and it just looked bad. It was just like, oh, that oh. looked rough. Oh yeah, that, that that's one thing. I was like, oh my god, is her is her head okay? I thought she was gonna bleed. I think she was just selling, but she did a great job of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did like there were several cool spots in this match, like where they were reversing like big moves from each other. Yeah. Like like Rosa tried to do a senton, and then Allison caught her and power bombed her on the apron, which was like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you don't really see women do that kind of stuff usually, even like today. Uh, there's a sweet tombstone power driver out of an octopus stretch. That's crazy too. Mm-hmm. Just just a lot of cool moves and everything. They were really going at it. Uh, I gave it an eight point five out of ten. Oh, nice. We're pretty close on that one. Yeah. All right. So, uh, back to the tournament. Uh, Murdoch versus Math. Uh, this was a little bit longer. I I felt Murdoch did a lot better in this one. And boy, did, oh, what what's up? Oh, you, you skipped over the promo between uh, Skrull and Aldous. Oh, I didn't see that because I was doing laundry. So you're gonna have to tell me about. Okay, that. well, we'll we'll go ahead and talk about this match real quick, and then I'll I'll bring that up. Okay. Yeah. Um, Math fucking slapped the shit out of fucking Murdoch's chest. They're <laughs> beating the fuck out of each other like it was crazy. Yeah, I was like two big dudes going at it, and I think you're right. I think when uh Math sold the Bulldogs better than Question Mark because I was like, oh, Mark. Murdoch is getting the Bulldogs pretty good on this one. Yeah. Man, that Murdoch's chest got lit the fuck up. Like, he, he clearly has, like, bleeding going on, like, there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, under the skin bleeding is going on. It's It looks rough. Yeah. Um, it, it was, a, again, another quick match. Longer than the other ones, but... Not a lot to say. It was just a straight-up wrestling match. It was a straight-up big guys slapping the shit out of each other. Two hosses mm-hmm. going at it. Two rams. What what notes do you have on this match? Uh, nothing. That was it. Dan Mav did another spear, and it was, like, fucking crazy. I'm like, that guy's spear is sick. Like, mm-hmm. he does... Like, I think he does a better spear than about anybody else in the business right now. <laughs> like, damn. Like... So, what did you give this match? I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I gave it a little more, a little, I don't even know if this is English, but a little more better than the first two uh, matches. I gave this a 7 out of 10. 7.0 out of 10. Yeah. So tell me about this promo. Oh, okay. So uh, Marty Skrull comes out, and then he's like kind of, you know, talking shit about Nick Aldis. And he's trying to goad him into, like, putting his title on the line against Flip Gordon. Mm-hmm. And then all this finally comes out after a while. And then uh, kind of takes over the conversation a bit and says, uh, oh, you want me to put my title on the line? Okay. And he, he does that thing again where he always puts stakes up for something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll do it under these conditions. And he goes, like... If if uh, Flip wins, he wins the title. Great. But if I win, uh, he's like, my business, uh, my business I have with you will only be dictated on my terms from now on. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> See, I like I like that about Nick Aldis. And then, like, like 
Marty kind of like, you know, looked at him for a bit. Like he didn't say anything immediately. Like, all right, yeah. Like, like he was just a hundred percent sure of it. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, okay, fine, yeah. And then after that, Aldis says, and the match will only this will only happen if you leave the arena. <laughs> and that's the only way this will ever happen. And like security came out to like escort him and shit. And then the crowd like kind of turned against him. And then they were saying like, you don't work here. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what the heck? Damn. I thought he was face. Like, I guess not. I guess he's not when fucking national treasure is telling you, this is, this is my territory, brother. Get out. Like, Kind of, I hope they're kind of bringing back the territories in a way a little bit. They could, honestly, like at any point, they, I think you could, you could bring back a system like that now, mm-hmm. but it's just, uh, it's going to take time. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, it, yeah, I was confused, which I, I guess, uh, I'll bring it up, you know, Nick Aldis and Flip Gordon had a title match, and I'm like, what? I was about to text you, but I, I remember you said you're a little bit behind, and I didn't know if you knew about it, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But now, now it all makes sense. Yeah, that that was why. Nick Aldis did it. I'm the dealer here, brother. Yeah. I make the rules, and he, he did. <laughs> Good. Um, all right. Start, Ricky Starks versus Tim Storm. Yeah. Ha, uh, Starks looked good, like usual. He was doing some uh, good old-school wrestling with Tim Storm. And the thing I want to bring up is Storm looked good working with Starks. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a lot of uh, running into the ropes and maybe doing, like, a powerbomb or two or something like that. But, like... Storm was going with the flow with Ricky Starks, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I haven't seen Tim Storm wrestle that much still, uh, and I'm not complaining about that because it's like they're not burning you out on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, from what I've seen him so far, he reminds me, the way he works is, like, he's like kind of like a power bruiser guy. Mm-hmm. But he kind of reminds me of, like, what a late 80s, early 90s, WCW babyface power dude works. <laughs> he works that style. Mm-hmm. And he's he's pretty good at it, too. I guess he has a little bit of... Hulk Hogan, I guess, a little bit. Nah. No? <laughs> I don't think... Well, what where, where do you get... Uh, what's your angle on that, so to speak? Just, you know, your typical scoop slam and leg drop kind of thing. I mean, that's where I'm going with, I guess that's a generic eighties or 90 wrestler. Nah, like he does way more stuff than what Hogan was doing in WWF. Mm-hmm. Like Hogan did scoop slam, uh, punches, big boot, leg drop. He sometimes would bust out a suplex. If he was inclined, maybe a backdrop. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. But, you ever see footage of Hogan wrestling in Japan? No. Oh my god, dude, it's eye opening. <laughs> like, like, uh, people will talk shit and say Hogan can't wrestle. Hogan can't wrestle. He only does like five moves. Well, brother, that's fucking bullshit. Hogan knows how to wrestle. He just chooses not to. <laughs> yeah, good. It's, 
he's the star, and you know him being the star, he's not going to want to get hurt doing other moves. That's exactly what his philosophy about it was. It was just like, why, why? And you can't fault him for his logic either. He's like, why would I like kill myself when I can just do like really simple stuff that gets the same reaction? And John, not wrong. And John John Cena copied it. You know his philosophy. Yeah, he, he did pretty much. Like I don't know what exactly the circumstances were behind that though, because it seems to me like as time has gone on and Cena's gotten more frank about like his time in WWE, mm-hmm. it seems to me like he's inferred that he's always kind of like wanted to do more than what he ended up doing, or like actually lose once in a while, but it just or do something different, and he just it never worked that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but. Anyway, yeah, go sometime go go type in Hulk Hogan Japan and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um that's all the notes I have. Again, this was another tournament match, so they had a strict time limit. It's just a typical match, but it, the positives are Starks is amazing and happy that Tim Storm was putting him over. Because you saw the progression of Starks facing against Nick Aldis and, you know, almost winning. And then the momentum kept on going. And then having him face Storm kind of rocket him to the finals, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, also, this this one went the longest out of any of the matches under the 605 time limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Starks won with a crucifix. Yes. And you don't see that almost ever anymore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, and he got, he did a good one. It was a really good cinched up one. I was like, damn, he got him with a crucifix. I, last time I saw somebody win with a crucifix was fucking Bret Hart. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. So what, what's your notes? Um, that's kind of it. You hit a lot of the same points. Uh, I was going to, uh, I just wanted to also make note, like even just performing in the ring, like Starks has charisma. He, he, knows how to do those spots where he just does like this little pose or he has like this look on his face or like he looks at the crowd or, or does some kind of gesture and it like does something. I I always, uh, with Tim Storm, I always think he's going to cry because they always zoom on his, they always zoom on his eyes. They're like, oh. maybe, maybe you want to cry and you're projecting on him. Probably. <laughs> You're probably right. Uh, what did you rate this match? I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. 6.75 out of 10. Okay. Not bad, not bad. Um, I guess we'll talk about this match. <laughs> we have to. Um, Aaron Ste- it's, sh- it's Shooter Stevens. Shooter Stevens versus <laughs> f- fucking Steiner. Big Papa Pump. And, um... Third degree national championship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dave Marquez said sorry because he said national championship. And they're like, he's like, no, third degree. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, when they came in the entrance, by the way, uh, I noticed like Aaron Stevens like went around the kid. <laughs> he was afraid of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's gross. Children are, are gross. They're breeding grounds for germs. And, and... 
question mark like he was gonna follow Stevens, but he like high fives him a little bit. I don't know if you saw that in the background. No, I, I didn't catch that. I was like, oh, breaking character, but whatever. Um, here's my things with this match. First of all, congratulations to Steiner because I wouldn't think he would want to be in this match. I guess he really needs the money. Maybe. Because Steiner, <laughs> he was like yelling at Stevens and he was like yelling at fans too at the same time. Well, that's what people expect from him now. He's crazy. <laughs> Scott Steiner's crazy. They were even saying that on commentary. Even uh, Stevens was like, he's an animal. Did or- you see what he did to my arm? And he was like, like, <laughs> and like every time like he'd do that stupid goddess shit, Scott Steiner would look at him like he's retarded. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, what the hell is he doing? What is this shit? He was just like, he was yelling that. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, like, the fans were getting on Steiner, and Steiner was, like, fucking yelling back, which is amazing. Um, I thought the match was funny. Uh, I thought Stevens was hilarious. I thought Steiner was hilarious, but I don't know if he was being serious or being uh, just going along with the joke. Uh, I can't tell with that guy, man. (laughs) um, I thought the match was okay, and... I guess it makes sense since Steiner was kind of just pushed into this match that question mark would, you know, do karate on him to get a disqualification. Yeah, like Steiner pretty much destroyed Stevens, mm-hmm. which is how it should have went, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like he was just beating his ass and suplexing him all over the ring. <laughs> it wasn't even like. He almost get, he didn't get like any offense in. I think he poked Steiner in the eye once mm-hmm. and tried to do some stuff. It just got countered and overpowered, and it just nothing worked. Like, yeah, and um, nothing. I mean, another thing to bring up, like I said in the beginning, is I guess they're gonna start doing a storyline with the question mark and Aaron Steven or Shooter Stevens because uh he was in the Steiner recliner question mark and like Stevens just fucking ran away and didn't help at all. Yeah that, yeah that was because uh, Steiner put Stevens in the recliner and then like question mark interfered and caused a disqualification. So then like as soon as Steiner recovered from that shit he put question mark in it. Mm-hmm. He abandoned his sensei. Yeah, which uh, Stu Bennett is like, oh, God, it's the, the he's going to do it. And I was like, what, the Steiner recliner? Because I, I don't think uh, Stu Bennett didn't even say the name of it. <laughs> I think he was trying to figure out what the name was. And I think Joe, the uh, commentator, is like, it's the Steiner recliner. Um, Nothing really else to say about this match. I, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I thought the match was okay. Uh, did this really need to be in the card? What do you think? Um, I I thought it was kind of funny, but like as a match, like I'll just go ahead and rate it right now. I gave it a five point five. I gave it a and, six out of ten. Okay, yeah, like it it just I I don't know. It was it was a straight up comedy match, mm-hmm. and it was just Steiner beating the shit out of this dude. <laughs> And then, like, it was almost like a squash. Yeah. But, 
you know, Stevens, you know, is always able to squeak his way out. <laughs> and uh, the only other stuff I have to say about it is this is like, this was bizarre. Like, even when they announced it on power, I was like, what? <laughs> and then I was like, well, I guess this is like how they could justify it. But I just didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, also, I don't know if you noticed this, but like, I'm pretty sure they're using Steiner's music from WWE, and I'm wondering how they're getting away with that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I'm like, that that's his WWE theme. Remember the sirens and the like that? Duh, 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 duh. Like, it's like the, it's that music. I'm pretty sure. I bet you Steiner was like, he probably said to Billy Corp, yeah, I got the rights. And then he like, are you going to argue with him? No. Yeah, like I think I, I think Bennett even does that. He's like, "Are you going to tell him no?" And then Joe Gallo's like, "No, no, I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> because every time when you hear that siren, you think of you know Steiner. So all I care about are my freaks and my peaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, somebody else said this like at, at some point. Like I, I read it somewhere. Like it was in a comment section. It might have been like on a YouTube video or something. Mm. And somebody said, <laughs> oh, it was, in, it was in the Power episode. I'm stupid. Why did I fucking think I was watching something else? Somebody in the in the comment section said, Scott Steiner has completed his transformation. He is now Superstar Billy Graham Scott Steiner. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, he looks like Superstar Billy Graham now. He does. Holy shit. And I'm like, oh, that, that made it hilarious. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this match was not memorable. I mean, it was funny. That's about it. So it was, it was just kind of entertaining. It wasn't long, so long that it irritated you. Like they kept it at about the right length to be like, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna get into this match: Nick Aldis versus uh, Flip Gordon. Not Flip Gordon, the mercenary Flip Gordon. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, like. I'm going into this, and I don't know anything about Flip Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say he did not make a good first impression on me on the Power episode previous to this. Okay. <laughs> because they had him cut a promo, and I don't think it was very good. <laughs> um, I will say he changed. Uh, That's what, yeah, the commentary made that pretty clear that he's changed recently. Mm -hmm. Because he used to be a face and he used to be that, hey, I'm Flip Gordon, flippy flippy. Flippy flip. And then now he's part of the villain, uh, whatever. Enterprises, yeah. Enterprises. And I will say his look looks badass. I'm like, holy shit. He he looks more buffed and uh, I kind of dig the whole villain thing. Um... He's, his moves with Nick Aldis kind of threw me off a little bit because he hesitated every time he, like, springboarded off the ropes. I That's something I was going to get into later on in this. Like, But I was just going to say, like, my first impression of Flip Gordon was not great because of the promo he cut. It was, like, kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't make an ass out of himself on the mic like Britt Baker did or anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, he just, he cut a promo, and the delivery was just kind of flat. Mm-hmm. Wasn't bad, wasn't good, it was just flat. Mm-hmm. And, but the worst part about it was, like, the facial expressions he was making. 
Yeah. It's like he was trying really hard to like emote with his face and it was like overacting, but in a bad way. Yeah. That's one thing I want to say is like him being like this heelish type of character a little bit. Uh, I guess being badass, it's kind of weird seeing him that way. He's, he usually smiles a lot and he's more serious and I didn't like his serious face. I don't know. <laughs> he's trying to be badass and he doesn't know how. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> but I'm not trying to tear the guy down. I mean, this is just like, this is all I have to go off of him so far. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then they called him the mercenary and I was like, really? Like, <laughs> I, I don't think that matches up with like this guy's appearance. No, not at all. And I guess he's a mercenary because fucking uh, Marty Scroll is a, is a villain, and he's like, "You're my mercenary." I guess. <laughs> like, I don't. I wrote this in my notes. I said Nick Aldis makes anybody good in the ring, and I think he made Flip Gordon look good. I think if anybody else was in the ring, Flip Gordon would be lost. Because I didn't like his hesitation when he was springboarding. Maybe that was a little bit of Nick Aldis. I don't know. But the whole stunner that he th- did, I wasn't impressed with that. Like like, like I said before, I, I've never seen this guy even have a match. So this is all this is all I have to go off of. But I noticed the same thing you, you did, which was like, it seemed like he was like awkward working with Aldis. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seemed like nothing was really clicking into place. I, I just saw Nick Aldis wrestle, like, a 60-something-year-old man, and that match was, like, great. Mm-hmm. And then and it, there were no hitches in it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then he wrestles this guy who's, like, half his age or even less. And he could do, like, a bunch of impressive, like, you know, acrobatic shit and everything, but the work is just not smooth. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that. This goes back to what I was saying. Like, people don't know how to throw a punch. This guy was, like, forearming the fuck out of Aldis, and it was very noticeable. I, he actually accidentally fucking punched Nick Aldis in the face. I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't catch it, but he, Aldis didn't make a big deal out of it. He just kind of fucking shrugged it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I, I think he got caught up in the moment because I think, it, I think this is his first uh, heavyweight championship match. Okay. Well, yeah, this is a big moment for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I got told some stuff about how Flip wrestles before this, and, like, the way this match started, this was, like, not at all what I was expecting out of him. I thought he would do more high-flying risk moves and all that stuff, but then again, I'm, I'm like, he's facing Nick Aldis. I can't see him doing that all the time. I guess not. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if I thought the the match got better when Aldis took over. Mm-hmm. Like at first, I was like, "This is like kind of awkward." Like I don't know what's going on, but it just feels like it's not clicking. And I don't know why Nick Aldis. I mean, I appreciate Nick Aldis putting people over, but at the same time, I'm like, why is he making it so close every time? Because he's heel, brother. He's doing the Ric Flair act now. Mm. Ric Flair when he was you know, champion all the time in, in NWA, Crockett promotions, whatever. Most of the time when he would win, he'd squeak by. <laughs> and he would like get a, a cradle, like, like what all this did here mm-hmm. or like, you know, get lucky or something or get, or something else would happen. 
and it, Ric Flair would win and people would boo the shit out of him. And he got that same exact reaction. <laughs> he got like a cradle when it was like, oh my God, he's going to beat him. One, two, three. <laughs> like it's exactly what happened. Like, I don't know why people wanted Flip Gordon to win in the crowd. I, I, I'm kind of confused about that too. Because, I mean, think about it. If And I knew Flip Gordon was not, not going to win because that would be weird, him having the NW. I mean, then again, Cody Rhodes had the, the NWA title, and he was, like, in the beginning stages of AEW. Yeah. Like, I, I just now thought about this uh, because of this cross-promotional thing they seem to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. But, like... Uh, it's like when in the segment between Skrull and Aldis, like it was like at first Marty Skrull's like getting like this pretty good baby face reaction. Mm-hmm. But then when Nick Aldis says, get out of my building, brother, like everybody starts saying like, you don't work here, get out and everything. And I'm like, I thought this guy was the face. <laughs> and then like, and then it's like people want Flip Gordon to win, but isn't he like invading technically? Mm-hmm. Aren't, don't aren't don't aren't we supposed to love NWA? This guy's an outsider coming in, and he's like trying to like beat our champion. Like, this is kind of confusing. <laughs> I think it's the crowd like messing shit up with the heel and face uh, chemistry again. I I think this if you're gonna do like this, I don't know if they're trying to set up like an invasion thing necessarily. I don't think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of seems like that might be where it's heading, but I don't know. Uh, I think they're just trying to do a talent exchange. But if it is leading to an invasion thing, I think the way you have to play that is the people supporting the home team have to support the home team no matter what. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just weird. Yeah. Like, why the fuck would anybody, like say ECW is invading, you know, and the, why would ECW, why would anybody cheer for Rob Van Dam over the fucking uh, rock? <laughs> like, I, and you're in the WWF crowd. You went, you bought tickets to that show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just, that's strange to me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but wait, is Jay Lethal still at Ring of Honor? Uh, yeah, he's injured right now, though. I think he's, he's, I don't know what happened to him. I think I heard he got a back injury. Oh, well, hopefully he comes back and he does a little st- stuff with NWA. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I like Jay Lethal. Yeah. I even liked him back when he was doing his macho black machismo thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did a pretty good impression. And I, and I, um, you know, props to, uh, Macho Man's brother, Lonnie, I don't know how to say his name. Lanny Poffo? Yeah. Like, he went along with it. Yeah, he, like, gave him his blessing. It's like, go ahead, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he also did a great Ric Flair impression. You ever see that video where he, he does a promo against Ric Flair? That's my line. And they, they try to, like, out-flare each other. He sounds just like Flair. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things ever. But uh, I'm trying to see what else I got here. Oh, like, this is another example of, like, indie spot shit that just kind of irritated me. Like, there was this thing where Flip did a sunset flip, lol, mm-hmm. and rolled through to, like, lead to, like, a spin kick thing. And it's, like, another one of those moves where it's, like, the guy has to, like, wait. 
very clearly wait for the move to actually execute, and it just doesn't look good. I, I hate stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just it, destroys immersion. Is that is that when he did like the uh like a matrix move and he like was bending his back? Was that it? No, it was like uh, they were over near the corner, and uh, Flip was outside, and I think he countered all this with like the shoulder block thing, you know, and he's trying to grab him through the ropes. Mm-hmm. And Flip does the sunset flip, but instead of doing a uh, executing a sunset flip, I think like he rolled over and kind of rolled all this forward. And then Aldous had to get up on his knees, and he looked like, oh, I'm stunned. And then Flip did a kip up and then had to do, like, a reverse spin kick or some shit to kick him in the face. And there was just so much of a delay there. It just didn't look good. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just indie, indie spots that just don't look good at all. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, you know... With them working with NWA, maybe they'll be more pro, pro wrestling than indie flippy shit. His uh, finisher's cool. I guess his finisher is the Star Spangled Stunner, mm-hmm. which is like a weird name. Yeah. Especially with this gimmick change, I guess. It's like, it's just a, I don't yeah. expect that out of the mercenary. <laughs> I would have called it a stun grenade. That, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. But he took, he ate his finisher twice and kicked out, and I was like, fuck mm-hmm. i guess he's not beating him <laughs> yeah and this was another uh cradle pin and that's it and he was yeah, he cradled him and i was like holy shit <laughs> another almost i mean not almost but a roll-up for nick aldis to just be like yeah i won without using my finisher fuck you <laughs> i any other notes I mean, I'm going to give my rating. I gave this a 7.5 out of 10 only because of Nick Aldis. I think he brought this match uh, bearable and a little bit, you know, entertaining. If this would have been one-sided where Flip was doing all the work and Aldis just rolled him up, this would have probably been lower. Yeah, I gave it a 7.25 out of 10 for a lot of the same reasons. Like I said, when Nick took over, the match got better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to shit on Flip Gordon. I'm not I'm not saying he sucks or anything. It's just, it's very clear that there's a style clash thing, I think, is what it is. There's a lack of chemistry because of that. And not to finish your move, styles clash, but I know. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's it, like... I think Flip works a very heavy indie style, mm-hmm. and Nick works a very pro wrestling style. Yeah, and it's it those those two styles are diametrically opposed to each other, like from the root. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why this was just weird. Yeah, you know, pretty odd for a all this match being in the seven area for me. Usually, it's in the eight or nines or even tens, but. You know, you got to match him up with a good person. I'm, again, yep. again, yeah. Flip is a different style. Um, I just, I don't know, like you said, it was just weird. Maybe Flip would fit in better with AEW crowd. I mean, his friends are there, so. Is he friends with them too? Fuck. Mm-hmm. Why do they have so many fucking friends? Because indie people stick together, brother. I guess. Oh, yeah, I got two little shout-outs I want to give for things in this match. That has nothing to do with the match itself, but I just want to point this shit out. Okay. 
after all this one and then uh isaacs and latimer came out <laughs> did you notice that they had nwa fanny packs on yes and i was like i want one now <laughs> like i want one i don't even fucking care it's fame i just want one of those <laughs> but it's like it's like old wrestler like a, a apparel it's got like this weird cred with wrestlers mm-hmm. it, the fanny pack went away like a while back now but the, everybody's always like why the fuck were wrestlers wearing fanny packs where are they gonna keep and, their money exactly that's what they always said it was just a really convenient way to keep like everything important on you in mm-hmm. one space like you you carry too much shit because you travel so much mm-hmm so like your wallet would be full of fucking cards and, and cash and shit and all this other shit. So they just oh, they all wore fanny packs and it was more comfortable. I like Mr. Perfect's fanny pack. It was <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> I like Ziggy Dice's fanny pack, but those NWA fanny packs are like pretty sick. I hope that they're selling them. Yeah, they probably are. <laughs> I'll rock one. I don't even give a fuck. I'll rock one in public. <laughs> but no, uh, the other thing I wanted to short. Uh, talk about was did you see how royce isaacs was dressed yes <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and then everybody in the comment section was like wow royce isaacs is a fucking chad <laughs> and then somebody said uh royce magnum ri like he looked like magnum magnum royce isaacs i was like Fuck, yes <laughs> he even has like a mustache and shit it's perfect you think they're gonna put the belts on them you think that's where it's going uh, the tag belt's back on the wild card. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some point down the line. Like, I don't know how soon. It seems like kind of like an obvious choice because of the stable. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering when the fuck we're going to see Camille wrestle, though. Like, I feel like they're, like, is she, like, still training? Or is it, like, I don't know what's going on there. I feel like she should have wrestled a match by now or something. I mean, maybe she's going to face uh, Thunder Rosa, maybe. Or even Melina, they have a feud, Melina and Thunder Rosa. Uh, yeah, that's a possibility. That, that's still like one thing I'm wondering about is like, are we going to see her wrestle? I think I've heard supposedly she has somewhere else before. It's just they're not doing it here yet for some reason. Probably building her up and her spear is fucking cool. Yeah, she spears like fucking people and it looks good too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Are you ready for the main event, brother? Trevor Murdoch was in a main event on a pay-per-view. Yes. I never thought I would have ever said that. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and boy, was his chest even more fucked up in this match. <laughs> he came out later and it looked even worse. <laughs> Somebody said in the, the chat, I, I don't, I ignored the chat almost the whole show, but like after it was ended, I kind of scrolled through a little bit, see what people were saying. Mm-hmm. Somebody said it looked like somebody took a cheese grater to his tit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> and... Well, I mean, obviously they worked the whole pay per view. So like seeing both Starks, actually Starks was a little more, uh, looked like he had more energy. But Murdoch looked like he was fucking tired as fuck. Well, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. He's got that big gut. Mm-hmm. Um, some things I want to say, fucking Starks, highly imp- impressed still with his shit. Uh, he did a fucking power bomb on Murdoch. Yeah, I was, that was what I was talking about, an example of it. I'm like, whoa, he did power. I just didn't expect him to do a powerbomb. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, yeah. And holy shit, that spear that he did? That spear was great. And Murdoch like, fucking I, sold it well. Like I was saying, damn, Math had a good spear. When he did that spear, I was like, damn, I like that one even better. 
can that be his finisher? Like, it just looks damn good. Like, um, there was a because Murdoch was all tired and shit, and Ricky Stark was like pushing him away while he was in the corner, and Murdoch just starts slapping the shit out of Starks. I thought that was funny. Yeah, he's bullying him a little bit. Mm-hmm. What What do you have to say about this match? Uh, I want to give a shout out to Ricky Starks for being a total fucking pimp. <laughs> and changing ring attire three different times on this show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but he did. I did. What a fashionista. <laughs> uh, then I like that this was the main event. Uh, it put over the tournament and it put over the title. Because mm-hmm. it's like, th- this is the TV title and it's like blah, blah. See, like they wouldn't do this shit in WWE anymore. A mid-card title is not going to close out a fucking show. And like the last time it did was SummerSlam 1992. It's the last time that ever happened. That's a long time ago. (laughs) I'm trying to think. Wasn't there like a Intercontinental Championship match that was main evented recently? I don't think so. I'll I'll look it up and I'll bring that back to you guys when pretty much when we do our Royal Rumble fucking episode. That's soon. That's next Thursday. That's going to bug me now. I feel like the answer is no, but like that could just be, but the last one I remember doing it was the, the bulldog Bret Hart match at SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and I don't recall WCW ever really doing that before. Like maybe in the eighties they did, but like not in the nineties. Um, what else? Uh, Oh, there was that nasty spot where, like, Murdoch looked like he was going to do a stun gun to Starks, and he just, like, flipped over the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> busted his face on the floor, it looked like. Yeah, I, I think he did hit his fucking nose, and I was waiting for his nose to be broken. Yeah, I was waiting for him to, like, turn his face up and just be covered in fucking blood, and, like, somehow he wasn't. Why isn't there pads on the outside of the ring? I, that was my question. Because this is NWA, and we don't believe in pads. I guess so. But then again, uh, I guess because, you know, there's no flippy shit in in the NWA. It's more pro wrestling. So I guess that makes sense. There is a, there was this gif I saw. Uh, I'll try to, I'll try to send it to you after we get off the show here. But uh, it was like short clips from NWA, like in the Mm eighties and they didn't have pads out there in in the eighties either. Okay. But it, it was like, the tweet was something like, you ever hear that tag team, the Malkies? Yeah. Yeah, they're just like a jobber tag team, like in that territory back then. Uh, but the tweet said the Malkies didn't give a fuck. <laughs> and it showed them, like, taking bumps on the concrete. Like, I think it was the Midnight Express. Bobby uh, Eaton threw him, threw one of the Malkies over the top rope. And he did this crazy ass flippy spin bump and just fucking busted his back on the concrete. Jeez. Splat. And then like, then the second clip was Eaton had suplexed him on the concrete. Splat. God damn it. And it, they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> apparently like, it was bad. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say about this match. I, I highly enjoyed it. Um, I did like the whole story they did throughout this whole pay-per-view with the tournament. Yeah. And uh, like you said, sold the fucking belt. Like, 
This is how you make a mid-card belt feel important. Not like how WWE does with their Intercontinental Championship and US titles. Like, oh, you know, we're just going to put on this guy because, you know, it's a belt and somebody needs a belt. Right, yeah. And even, like, even then, it's like uh, they'll have these mid-card titles close out shows. Like, they, they had that one national title match on power with Storm and Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. That was good. Um, so it's like, yeah, you got to position your titles and make them seem more important than just throw away match stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have much else to say either. I wanted to say Starks did a great job selling this match. Mm-hmm. It was just another example of his skill set. He took that. He took that clothesline from Murdoch. It looked stiff as fuck, and he just looked like he was dying at that point. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and good on Murdoch, man. Like. He did really well in, the, in his tournament to the point where he put over the kid. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Great job. And I think people are still going to really like him. Like, So it's, it doesn't really hurt him any. They were cheering for him at the end. So, yeah. Even though he lost. Would you, been, would you have been okay if Trevor Murdoch won instead of Ricky Starks? Yeah, I would have been fine whoever won. Yeah, same here. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I think if Tim Storm and it was Ricky Starks, then I would want Ricky Starks because I'm like, yeah, Tim Storm is a nice guy and he's an all-around good wrestler, but he's a legend and he should just be putting people over. I I said I would have been okay with either of them winning, but like honestly, if it were left up to me, mm-hmm. I would have went with Ricky Starks because... If you did go with Trevor Murdoch, it would look like all you're doing, with the exception of uh, Thunder Rosa, is putting titles on, like, kind of older, established wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Aaron Stevens is a guy that was in WWE, and people know who he is. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Nick Aldis has been wrestling for a while. He's basically a veteran at this point. And he's established and been in other companies and then it would have been kind of the same thing with Murdoch. Yeah. Whereas Ricky Starks is like a young guy. And I think this is kind of the beginning of like having the new generation of NWA wrestlers start to take the torch a little bit. Yeah. Because I think putting the titles on Ricky, uh, the rock and roll express was just a temporary thing. So you could have people like Eli Drake or James storm or even the wild cards to uh, get the title and it was a it was just a brief nostalgia shot it wasn't wrote out to like oblivion where it was like this sucks now it's not like wwe where they get the new age outlaws to come back and win win it like a couple more times yeah totally stink up the joint and then like bury like a hot new tag team mm-hmm. <laughs> no this this was very unselfish the, the way that they did this run Mm-hmm. Uh, like as far as I'm concerned, they did nothing but just give pretty much the whole time. Like everything they did, they elevated the, whoever was wrestling with them. And when they did promos, like well, Robert Gibson doesn't really promo; he just says things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when Ricky Morton would do promos, it made everything feel like it, it was a bigger deal because it's like everybody knows who that is. He has so much history, you know. Yeah. So, I gave this match a nine point five out of ten. Damn. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I felt like it was 
uh, a good story to, to tell from beginning to end to this pay-per-view. And I felt the tension of winning the title compared to a Thunder Rosa or a uh, James Storm or Eli Drake. I felt that the uh, title being won by Ricky Starks felt more important. And it was a hard victory to win. So that's why I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. You, you kind of convinced me to up my score a little bit there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving it an 8. Nice. Why'd you have it lower, if, if, if I may ask? Um, there's not really any real particular reason for it. It's just that, like, uh, I think in some instances, this uh, match didn't, like, totally fulfill its potential i think is is all mm-hmm. like i think that they could have even gone they could have probably went maybe five more minutes and it could have been even better is like all is what i think uh that, that's kind of it i feel like it kind of ended suddenly like it was just like oh oh like just when it, the heat was really starting to build on this match it ended i that's one thing i'll say about nwa is their pay-per-views don't end off with a bang and I don't know if I like that or I hate it. It's weird. Because they've done it the past... I mean, no, actually the last one, that's when Marty Scroll came out and people went nuts. But No, that, that was a good, that was an alright ending. It, like, they closed the show on that. Like, that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to take take it back now. I'm, good. I'm, I'm putting it back to where I put it originally, which was 7.75. Okay. <laughs> because I was just... I forgot that was the reason why it didn't score higher to me more than anything was just, it just felt like it ended very suddenly. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was still, it was a very good match. Very good match. All right. I guess we can get into our final uh, thoughts on the whole pay-per-view. Um, I thought the pay, uh, pay-per-view, I thought the commentary uh was good. I wouldn't say excellent. I think Stu Bennett just brings out the good in Joe, in my opinion. Just how Cornette did did, did the same thing. So I'm great that they that at least replace a, a good guy in there. And I like the whole uh, breaking news gimmick that he's doing. Kind of. I hope that's a thing. It seems like it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, the matches in this pay per view compared to uh. Into the Fire, I felt like they put a lot more attention to it to make it a pay-per-view match than rather have, uh, like, Into the Fire, where it just felt like another episode of Power. Yeah, I agree with that. This Overall, I think the quality and importance of the show came across a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um. I like that they do announcements of what they're going to be doing in the future in the pay-per-view rather than doing it in a, an episode of Power like the Crockett. Like they did, they did the same thing with the television title. They did it on Into the Fire and they showcased it as a storyline in Power. And I'm hoping the Crockett Cup is going to do the same thing for the episodes in Power. Or even worse, like when, when promotions just announce shit like that through social media. Mm-hmm. Like just a post on the Twitter or something or Facebook, and that's all. And it's like, really? You couldn't like crowbar that into your your television at some point? 
Like, like, I hate that. Like, I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the only bad things I'll say is there was a lot of okay matches, but that was only to put ahead of the tournament. And I felt like the Steiner and Stevens match could have done without it in this card and maybe put a little more time on other matches. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know if any match well, besides Starks and Murdoch would have benefited from more time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't it, like... It was a little, it wasn't, I think that match was maybe like, what, eight or nine minutes? Yeah. The the, the Sandow, Sandow, Stevens, Steiner match. <laughs> Too many S's. <laughs> uh, but I think it's just like, they had to serve the trappings of the tournament, so to speak. They had to stick to the rules. And in my opinion, they got the most out of it. Yeah. Like, if you, if you would have told me, like, Watch this. I'm going to book an entire show around six minutes and five seconds matches, mm -hmm. and they'll all be good. I would have been like, you're fucking full shit. There's no way, just because I haven't seen anything like that in so long. I just don't think anybody's capable of it anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, they proved me wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I think one last thing I'll say is the best, the two best matches that I thought were of the night were Thunder Rosa versus Allison Kay. And obviously Murdoch versus Ricky Starks. So, yeah, the the women's match stole the show for me, but that that match was also really good. Mm. What is your final thoughts on this pay per view? I like the fast pace and wrestling heavy feel of the show. There was very little bullshit, mm. and uh, not that you know some bullshits are okay, <laughs> but. Uh, there was not a lot of goofing around at all. It was literally like, this match finished. Next match, like not even really much of a transition. Mm -hmm. Like it might, it might do. They might do a quick shot of the commentary table, and it's already going back out to the curtain at the top of the bleachers. Yeah, and then, like it's like I like I said earlier, they they pretty much went three matches in a row without really taking like a significant break. Yeah, and you know what's funny about this pay-per-view they don't have stupid commercials like wwe or AEW does during their pay-per-views and i i really don't get that why they have commercials during pay-per-views it's like i fucking paid for this shit i shouldn't have commercials right like like i'm paying for your network and it's like you're hitting me with commercials like what the fuck mm -hmm. like like i and, and you know what it's always commercials for their own shit usually yeah, and, which is like really confusing. Like, and people might say, "Oh, you know, wrestlers need a rest, and they need need to set up the next segment." That's why you have other wrestlers do backstage segments, promos, and, and promos. AEW cough. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking annoying. What else you got in the final thoughts? That was all. Oh, okay. I guess we'll get to the rating for the overall. So I'll let you go first. Uh, this was a good show. Uh, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Much higher score than Into the Fire. I, w I believe my Into the Fire was 7.75 out of 10. Uh, I gave it a little more higher in uh, Hard Times. I gave it 8.0 out of 10. Yeah, it was a, it was way better 
not way better, but a little more better than uh, Into the Fire. Like, like to me, this score says you could potentially show this to somebody who is like a very casual wrestling fan or something, mm-hmm. and they could get something out of it. Yes. Like, to me. This isn't like a, oh my God, a classic. This isn't like, oh, you know, this is one of the greatest wrestling shows ever put together. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hang on. They, they may get there still yet because they've improved so far. This is quite, like, this quite is, significantly. This is like, you know, it's a rainy day and, you know, you're already caught up on all your shows on Netflix and all on Disney Plus and all that stuff. And you're like, what, what do we want to watch? And you go, NWA Hard Times. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a it's a good candidate to throw up for like uh, I want to. This is check out this cool pay per view from like this this it's not a new organization but it's like they've come back into prominence more. Mm-hmm. It's basically rebooted as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, like it, the NWA has pretty much been rebooted. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like so far in terms of like modern wrestling shows, like from like the past few months like that i've been keeping score this has scored the highest for me outside of uh takeovers so they're doing something right yeah well they get they do pro wrestling really well yeah all right guys so that was our pay-per-view special nwa hard times we're not done with pay-per-view specials because we have takeover and we have the royal rumble coming up this weekend uh, yeah. We won't be doing it after the bell because, you know, usually WWE likes to have long shows and technically I want to enjoy my weekend and not worry about it after finishing a show, getting on the microphone and talking about it. So we're going to save it for Thursday. Yeah. Like the, the only reason that we did this, I think, was just because it's like, one, we knew this show wasn't going to be that long. And two, it was like, I it's we're kind of trying to support NWA in our own way. Mm. So, yeah. So, if you want to catch more of Getting Some Color or Big Trouble Little Podcast or the Nemesis Project when we get back to that, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com. We're also on Spotify and iTunes if you search uh, Nerd Review Network. And if you want to catch our website, which is brand spanking new, go to nerdreview.com. But until next time, everybody, uh, happy wrestling and, uh, May the best man and woman win the Royal Rumble. Peace out.